All right. Okay, so uh, first of all, big shpech to the anonymous sponsors for this morning, for the breakfast. Shem bless them with continued shefa. Bracha v'atzlach on all levels. Okay, so we've made it to, uh, I think, uh, the final uh, shear of this entire series. We started during Shavim. It's the end of the Erevrav, the Gulls of the Erevrav. And so we're up to today, sort of the final midah of the midas that that is under attack and it's trying to be damaged by this final gullus and the larger sugya of Shmer Sivris and Shmer Sinayim. But again, just to, just to repeat what we've been talking about, is that this, the Erevrav in particular and what they try to destroy, what they try to damage, is not just that particular meat of Shmer Sivris or Shmer Sinayim of Shavim, it's much larger. What is under attack by, in the gullus of the Erevrav, the final gullus, what's really under attack is... Is, is, is being alive with Yiddishkeit. And, and Bechlal, being alive. A person that's physically alive, but really spiritually and emotionally and mentally being alive versus being dead, that's really the Nikud of, of attack. And again, as we've been talking about for the past you know, bunch of weeks, that there are certain Midas that the Rabbanu Shalom created us with that are the, the, um, the markers of life and are the Kaychas HaNefesh that really define a person from moving from just you know, physically being alive and being active to truly being, uh, bring, uh, expressing one's existence, one's life, and, inve- and investing and imbuing chiyas into one's actions and into one's, uh, into one's uh, activities. And so those midas, that's what we've been talking about. And all the ones, if you remember from the chart, the ones in the middle. So Kesser, Das, Teferis, Yisoyed, those are the midas that we went through so far. And now we're up to the final one, the mida of Malchus. The final one, of the Midas that are in the middle, that center beam, that center line in describing the Kaychas and Nefesh. Now, as we've, as we've seen with all the other ones, again, from Kesser all the way down to today, each one of these qualities, each one of these Midas, have, have find a very like, important role in Purim. Because again, as, as I mentioned, Purim, which is a yantif to celebrate the life of the Jewish people are overcoming death, so it's obviously going to be related on a spiritual level uh, to all the kaychas and nefesh that are also sort of overcoming the decree of Haman and, and becoming more activated in a positive way to bring us spiritually to a state of life. That's as we talked about, that every that we went through, we saw how it's very much connected with the firm. Now, Malchus, again, without even defining what the meat of Malchus is in terms of us and how it's related to being alive spiritually, but Malchus, obviously the word Malchus means kingship, and that's certainly a major theme in Purim. I mean, you have to go too far. I mean, right away, the whole Megillah is talking about the king Achashverosh, the Malchus of Achashverosh, and, and, and ultimately, when Mordechai is, uh, again, victorious over Haman, it's not just Haman's plot is thwarted and he's killed, but Mordechai is established as the Mishnah Melech, as the second, second in charge, level of Malchus, he's paraded through the streets with a crown of Malchus on his head and royal clothing with a royal horse. The Tilbash Esther Malchus, it's all, it's all very strong theme of Malchus. So we have to understand, so Malchus is not just like, okay, obviously there's kingdoms, there's kingship in the world, but there's a Mida that's called Malchus within the Nefesh, within the person, and that, you know, on the list of Midas, it's the final one, it's the final one, Bechlal, and certainly in the middle row, it's the final one. And when and being the final one uh, certainly, in a certain sense, makes it the most um, uh, the most uh, down to earth and most simple, 
the most practical, but in a certain sense, it's, it's also the most fundamental, you know, it's also the most fundamental. So, for example, when we started this whole discussion of these central midas, I, 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 we, we learned together a piece in the Leshem to sort of give us a general atmosphere that one has to be in to allow these midas to be cultivated and developed, and that's the midah of Messinas, of patience, right? Things, uh, life takes time to develop. It can't just happen overnight. It doesn't happen so quickly. It takes time. And so that was like sort of the first backdrop. Malchus also... It's not the same quality as patience, but Malchus also has this, has a certain. It, it's not it, it's not just seen as like a mida at a particular mida. It's it's an atmosphere that a person has to be in to allow all the other midas to cultivate and to develop. So Malchus also, as we're going to learn it tonight, today, it's not just a mida. It's sort of just a a mindset, a certain mindset to be in within which Kesser can be activated and das and teferis and yisaid. It's a it's a backdrop. Malchuscha. Malchus Kalaylam in the Pasik says that Hashem, your Malchus, the meat of Malchus, is the Malchus within within which all universes are able to exist. It's a certain it's a certain frame of reference. And from that perspective of Malchus, then everything is able to be cultivated. And life is able to it's sort of the, the Malchus is like the petri dish of life in a certain sense. Like everything is able to come to life in Yiddishkeit when it's coming from this backdrop and this lens and this perspective and the atmosphere of the Midah of Malchus. So, so what is the Midah of Malchus in terms of the Nefesh? And why is it so important? Why is it so important? So it's like this. On a, on a very, very simple level, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying, you know, it's hard to know exactly where it comes from, but there's an old saying by our people, Ein melech b'loi am. There's no such thing as a king without a multitude of people, right? If you're alone on a desert island, it's not, you know, that's not a kingdom. You're just by yourself. Even, even with your family, uh, you're, not, you're not a king over your family. No, no a person shouldn't live like that or think that. Why? Because the definition of a king, who is obviously in a position of leadership and authority, but that authority that's called a king, is, is, that authority has to be over people that are not him, that are not just simple extensions of him, like his own physical family. Rather, it's, from, it's, it's over diverse, different multifaceted, complicated, uh, contradictory personalities. And this king is somehow able to come and be an authority figure over all of that. Ein melech am. You need an am. You need, you need a multitude. A multitude just mean, doesn't just mean numbers. It means differences. It means things that are different, people that are different. And then you could have a melech uniting all of that. Which means that the nature, the quality of malchus is to be able to pull back and to live with a perspective of the big picture. Because that's what a melech does. You have, you have let's say, you, know, uh, you have a bunch of, uh, you know, you have a million, a million people. And they're all individual people, their own deus, their own personalities. Everyone is a little universe. And then all of a sudden the king comes, and the king unites all of them together. And then each one is their own little thing. What's your name? Yanko Goldstein. What's your name? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Shimon uh, Levine, uh, whatever, you know. But at the same time, with all of our differences, we are also united under the same malchus. And the malchus, a malchus means to be able to see yourself beyond the little bubble of, of your physical life in your little universe. It, it forces you to think bigger, to be bigger. That's what a kingdom is. A kingdom is uniting all these little cities, all these little provinces and so on, under one larger umbrella. In a spiritual sense, therefore, the Midah of Malchus 
is a quality and, and, a, and a certain ability to be able to not get lost in the details, but to be able to see all those details as part of a bigger picture, to be able to have a bigger perspective. And this is really one of the most important qualities that a person has to have in order to cultivate a pneumistic Yiddishkeit, a pneumistic life experience, and to be able to infuse, like we were talking about last week with the side and so on, to infuse depth and soul into one's activities, into one's life, which is the definition of life, is to be able to make sure that you don't get completely lost in the details and the weeds. To be able to be able to um, to think in klal, to think in general, to think in broad terms, while obviously, as we'll, we'll talk about this, not, not, not neglecting the details, but being able to have one foot out of the details, to be able to think bigger, that's a perspective within which panemius and depth and inwardness and soulfulness is able to be cultivated. And so the whole, everything we've been talking about, the Gulf of the Erev is, is really the question of, are you going to be able, the guy's doing a mitzvah anyway. Is the mitzvah dead or is the mitzvah alive? And the difference between life and death is, okay, well, the body is there, the physical mitzvah is there. Is there a soul to the mitzvah? Is there depth? Is there inwardness? Is the person emotionally invested and spiritually invested? Is, there, is the mitzvah three-dimensional? Well, one of the greatest qualities that one has to have to cultivate that and to allow the neshama to breathe and to, and to develop is a sense of klal, a sense of malchus, of, of being able to pull back and see this mitzvah as part of a much bigger mosaic of a person's life and a person's life this Hashem, even on the most simplest of levels. I mean, when you get, when you get mamish like tunnel vision to this mitzvah, then all, you, all you're doing is this mitzvah. But the most simple, most basic, um, you, know, uh, you know, necessary thought in order to breathe neshama into this mitzvah is to remember why you're doing this. Right? And who commanded you to do this? So already those thoughts require an ability to sort of pull back and to be able to see the bigger picture of Yiddishkeit, the bigger picture of your life. And that's a very, very important quality to cultivate a pneumistic uh, perspective. Okay? That's what the Midah of Malchus is. That's what I'm saying. So it's, not, it's hard to say that it's a particular Midah. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a mindset. It's a certain Kayach within which neshama is able to be cultivated on all, on all levels. I mean, this is true for mitzvahs. It's true for everything. We know this, that the more, the more, the, the more stuck a person gets into pratim, into small things, the less simcha a person has, right? Because as we, as we spoke about with the meat of Kesar and Das, remember, that simcha is also a simon of life, right? The more lively a person is in, li- in terms of their, of their you know, activities in the world, automatically that's simcha, right? Simcha and life go together, right? The Jewish people uh, survive Haman, you know, and here Shushan, Salavah Sameach, everyone's happy, right? So happiness equals life. And so we, we see this, that, that when a, to be besimcha, it requires very often to be able to see not just this moment in front of you, but to see it as part of a much bigger picture of your life and not to get caught in the weeds. It's a very important method to have. Now let, let's go through it and we'll see, we'll see where, um, where this will take us. So if you take a look at Marmokka number one, so this is a piece from Aras HaKadosh. He, now, Rav Kook, in this piece in Aras HaKadosh, in uh, the first volume, page Mem Aleph, he's not talking about, he doesn't identify this as, as like Malchus, but he's talking about this quality of, of being able to, uh, to be connected to Klal. But he, he says it in his own uh, amazing way, so we'll see how he says it. He says like this, Tuchunasa shel histaklus haruchanis, the nature, the, 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 the uh, predisposition that a person has to have in order to see things from a more spiritual perspective. 
to see things from a spiritual perspective and to allow neshama to, to be cultivated and to be developed, one has to, it comes from a more all-inclusive perspective. The nature of details is not going to be spiritual. The nature of spirituality is more all-inclusive. So if one wants to be able to have, so the nature of spiritual vision is having vision that's more large, that's more klal, that's more zoomed out. That's what he says. Viz, yeah. The truna is like the, um, the quality, the, the, the trait, the trait of spiritual vision. is seeing everything all together. That's what he says. And this is the nature that's unique to spiritual vision. Which makes it separate and different than the vision of just simple human intellect which is not spiritual. So physical vision, you know, even intellectual vision, but not, not ruchnias, is going to be more which is much more involved in details. So uh, human intellect, human seichel, the vision of human seichel is, it sees details, whereas the vision of the neshama, the vision of, of spirituality, sees klal. That with very great effort and, and, and hard work, the, se- the human, human seichel is able to take details and put it all together. So, whereas Ruchnius, the soul's vision, sees things as klal, and from there, as we'll see, the pratim then fit in. But the, the beginning, the perspective of neshama is more klal, whereas the perspective of, of, of earth is more, more prat. And he says as follows. Huh? Yes, yes, that's one of the major differences, exactly, between Navua and like Tarsh Bechsav, Tarsh Balpeh, 100%. So Tarsh Bechsav, I mean, it's, it's, it's the classic example is, you know, uh, you have one Pasuk of, um, you know, Taitafais Bein Necha, and all of a sudden, all of Hilchas Tefillin is somehow contained in that. So there's a certain, like, when Moshe Rabbeinu was revealing the Mitzvah, he was revealing it from the perspective of, of Neshama, the perspective of Klal, and so the Pratim are, are, are not there, right? And Tarsh comes and sees things from a more sikhli perspective and sees Pratim and slowly but surely try to fit it all together to sort of get, you know, get it back to that Pasuk. But that's, uh, that's the difference in vision. Now he goes on to say, it's interesting, his Baalei HaNeshamas, HaMiyuchadais, Wiskiris Pnimis, those Neshamas, now, now Rav Cook says there are certain Neshamas, everyone has this meat of Malchus, right, to a certain degree. But there are some Neshamas that are much more predestined and, and sort of uh, given a, a heavy dosage of this meat of Malchus, where, and those neshamas have a very strong inclination to uh, a more spiritual vision, this quality of being able to see things from a cloud. And he says, those, those neshamas which are, which are uh, uh, you know, which are given, specifically, this type of vision, this pnimistic vision, they're very, they're, they're very connected to that type of vision, to the very core of who they are. It's not like a person that, that, is, that, that the root of his neshama is coming from this quality of malchus, that, that's a very important part of their personality. And it's not just like a nice thing everyone's, like that's, it, it touches who they are in a very deep sense. You could feel that he's like, it's, Bio, you know, autobiographical. This this paragraph. The tzargadol v'amakim and a great and deep pain they feel kishenol chotzim when they are uh, uh, forced and lachatz, like they're pressured. 
to, to, there were their pressure to sort of go into details. Why would they be pressured like that? Sometimes, sometimes the pressure comes from themselves just because of their own uh, uh, education or their own, uh, what they're accustomed, the way they're accustomed to thinking. If a guy grows up in, a, in an environment where everything is very detail-oriented, they're not going to know any other option. But in the meantime, their neshama is much more klal-oriented. And so now they have, they're in a position where they're sort of um, pressured into thinking in a way that doesn't fit with who they're, how they're supposed to really think. <clears throat> or let's say, there's, again, the, the, the environment around them is compelling them to deal with details. And says, I'm not talking about just, when I say details, I don't mean like uh, physical things. I'm not even in Ruchnius. I'm not talking about, it's not a matter of physical or spiritual. But whatever the camp is, whether it's Torah and Mitzvahs, or whether it's physical things in Parnas or in family, there's two ways to go about, it, it, to be involved in any of these inyanim, Klal or Prat. And those Nishamas that are Klal oriented, they should know that the reason why they're Klal oriented is because that is the type of vision that's necessary for a, to, uh, for a experience to develop. So those people that are klal-oriented, also, the, the, a, a klal-oriented vision is a vision that allows panemius to, to cultivate. And so those neshamas that are, that are not allowed to, uh, to think in that way or to, exp- to, or, or to cultivate that midah, they're going to go through a lot of inner turmoil. Ella, says so Ezra Cook, those neshamas though, no, they, they console themselves, they, they, uh, they're machazik themselves, the hakerim with the recognition. They realize that, yes, it's true, my natural inclination is to think bigger and more klal. But at the end of the day, like, in order to allow myself to have that bigger perspective, I need to get these details done. So they sort of like comfort themselves and uh, with the thought of like, okay, Lamaisa. This is not my na- my nature. My nature is not to get involved with this pratim, but I have no choice right now. And if I involve myself with these details, eventually that's going to allow me to be able to sit back and to experience the bigger picture. But right now I have no choice. That's how they, you know, sort of uh, deal with it. But they have to know that deep down, they're still upset. They're still upset. And they have a deep desire within them to to try to be makatser, to try to shorten their involvement in the, in the details, which in their mind is only the means towards the end. And, and, and to bring a little bit early the light of tachlis, which to them is the bigger picture. But that's a very, but there are neshamas that are much more connected to prat. And their tchuna, their personality is not a vision that necessarily is predisposed to cultivate panemius. And to them, when you sit back and start talking about Klaw, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? And those are the people that need to be, that, that are much more pratistic. Again, whether it be spiritual or physical, whatever the involvement is, it's all about pratim to them. And those people are more predisposed not to experience, uh, not to even, I'd say the words even care, or not to, not to feel anything missing with, uh, without, uh, you know, if a Yiddishkeit is not three-dimensional, it might not necessarily feel anything missing in that. Um, but these are the different neshamas. Now the truth is, uh, the tzaddikim have told us, this goes back to the Baal Shem Tov himself, the truth is, it's recorded by, um, it was passed down from the Baal Shem, Mr. Chamagat, the Baal Tanya, and uh, uh, the Chassidim of the Baal Tanya, this is recorded, that the Baal Shem Tov said that before Mashiach comes, the neshamas that are going to come to the world 
are going to be much more inclined to the meat of Malchus. They're going to be much more Malchus than Neshamas. Neshamas that are going to have a hard time pigeonholing themselves into one particular Indian. This is also true, by the way, in terms of uh, something we do find nowadays, which is you could explain you could explain this phenomenon away in in you know so, like social explanations. But there are obviously some people that still have a very strong messiah in terms of their family minhagim and their family dyna- You know, I am a Belzer Chassid. My father is a Belzer Chassid. My grandfather, great grandfather, and that's all we know. That's and I'm and that that's our Indian. That's a Gavaldiga thing. But for the most part, most people now, you can, you can blame World War II. You could, you could uh, definitely people that are Bali Tshuva experience this. But for the most part, even, even people that are Bells or Hasidim for a diarist, nowadays, very often, like their kids, don't feel Bells or Hasidim anymore. You know what I'm saying? And, they, and there's a certain sense of not being satisfied with just one particular color or one particular school. Now, the re- that's coming from a very strong Midah of Malchus. Because this quality of Malchus... It's not, that klal is not only true that the person is not satisfied with living in a way where all they see is literally what's in front of them, but it also can manifest in this way that they're not satisfied anymore with just the single note tradition that they've received from their parents, which, you know, in, in earlier generations where the Midas, where it was less, the Midah of Malchus was less dominant in terms of the Neshama, so, okay, you were bells and you were... You were uh, whatever Sadmer, and you were uh, Chabad, and you were Taimani, you know, and you were happy with what you were. You didn't need anything more. Nowadays, people people need more, and so it's it's it becomes it becomes a challenge. It becomes a challenge. But if a person is able to get the proper hadracha and to be able to um, to be given and to learn how to navigate through like and to and to sort of come in contact with a Yiddishkeit that's more klal that somehow is able to contain all these different colors it's it takes time it's hard it's frustrating but with time if you get there it's much more illuminating and the and the Yiddishkeit that's more klal oriented is a much more uh, for those that are malchustic certainly is a is a much much deeper Yiddishkeit that's why by the way with Purim we find this that the whole yantav of Purim in the Megillah story for example you could only appreciate it when you pull back, right? That's the whole thing. Any particular point in the story, not super significant, and it was over, was it, like 13 years, right? So you, in order to appreciate it, you have to pull back and, and read the whole thing at once and see the whole, the whole Indian is Malchus, but the whole, the whole Indian is like that. You know, that's what's going on over here. And when, the, when, when everything begins to turn, and Esther Malka asks Achashverosh, you know, she goes into Achashverosh's... Uh, you know, chamber, whatever it is, and, and she makes a request, and the request is also, like, plotted out, right? Achashur says, what do you want? And so a non-Malchus perspective is, okay, so tell, tell Achashur what you want. What you want is the Jewish people's survival. But, but Tilbash Esther Malchus, Esther Malka wears the royal clothing, she's connecting herself to the Malchus, and Malchus is this quality of Klal, which also connects with patience, right? In order to pull back it takes a little level of patience, right? Because if a person's impatient, that, uh, then, then all they're going to see is what's in front of them. And they're not going to allow themselves the, the time that it takes to pull back and to cultivate. That's why, as we said uh, in the beginning, that the midah of patience is also a huge backdrop within which neshama can cultivate, can be cultivated. And the midah of patience is connected with the midah of keser. The word keser in, in Tanakh, kater, also means to, to hold back, to be patient. 
This is why we find in the Sermak that Kesser and Malchus are related to each other. I mean, even on a simple level. Malchus means kingship and Kesser means the crown. The king wears the crown. So Kesser and Malchus are related to each other, the top and the bottom. Because Kesser means patience, and Malchus means bigger picture, bigger perspective. And they, 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 they go with each other. It's hard to have a bigger perspective if a person is impatient. So Esther Malka, who's trying to bring the Jewish people back to life, to allow the neshama of the Jewish people to sort of re-enter the body, and to allow the Yiddishkeit of, that the Jewish people have, that they fell asleep, and sleep is the neshama leaving the body. It's a little bit of death. Esther Malka is trying to bring Purim into the world, which is about the Jewish people's return to life. And returning to life means being able to have a, 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 an environment in which neshama is able to be cultivated, which requires klal, big picture. And in order to do that, it takes patience. So Esther Malka goes into Achashverosh wearing the royal clothing, Batilash Esther Malchus, and is offered the opportunity of like, right away, tell me what you want. And she said, no, I'm playing, I'm playing long ball over here. You know, I'm playing three-dimensional chess, you know what I mean? So I'm not just playing checkers. And because of that, I'm going to allow things to cultivate and develop, and we'll see where this goes. And that, that's what Esther Malka does. And that's not pushing off, that's not pushing off the, 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 the salvation. That's allowing the salvation to be cultivated. That is the salvation. Malchus, klau, patience, keser malchus. That's, that's, the, that's what's going on over here. And so that's what's going on. So those neshamas that are malchustic have to know that that's, that's, that's their nature. Not only, so now, okay, I mean, it's, uh, it's only 9.25, it seems, but I, I think it's uh, 10.25, so we'll <laughs> move on. So th- th- this quality, this yisoid, this yisoid of being oriented towards klal, not only is that necessary, again, as we said, for those that have that midah, so they have to be able to, to live like that and to appreciate that and to connect to other to, to teachers, to malamdim, to mechanchim, to rabbeim that appreciate that midah of malchus, because if you're a Malchus guy, right, and your Rebbe is, is a non-Malchus person, it's not, you're not going to get along. You're going to get kicked out of class very quickly, right? So that's not, that's not the way it works. If you're a Malchus, then it's, it's, it's much more beneficial to learn from a Malchus to take a person. If you're a non-Malchus person, then you learn from a non-Malchus person. But it's a Shidduchim, that's the way it goes. So not only is it necessary, you know, to find the proper Shidduch, but we also find that, that this is also... The, the idea of being able to pull back, of getting out of the weeds and returning to a much bigger place, in Ruchnius there's a klal, there's a principle that it, 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 that the, play, the, the, the breeding ground for Yetzirah, the breeding ground for, for klipa, for dinim, for difficulties, is pratim. It's, it's pratim. So pratim, you know, when we talk about prat versus klal, individual, you know, pieces versus bigger picture, it's not just a different orientation. Pratim is also the domain in which the Eight Sahara has a very strong achiza. So what we find in the Sarmak is that a strategy within which to deal with the Eight Sahara is, first of all, to recognize what territory it is able to be cultivated in. If a person is struggling with difficulties in life with the Yetzirahs and so on, it's important to know, well, uh, well uh, first of all, t- you have to know your enemy. You know, we, what environment allows the Yetzirah to be cultivated? The answer is Pratim. The answer is Pratim. If a person is able to move to the place of Klal, the place of Klal is much less susceptible to attack. It's much less susceptible to the Yetzirah getting into that place. 
And what we, therefore we find is that a major strategy when it comes to dealing with the Yetzirah and dealing with difficulties in life is, the, is an Indian of being able to return to Malchus, of pulling back into that place of Klal. Because that place of Klal, first of all, gives you a little bit of a breather. We all know this. It's in the details. That's where a person gets angry and frustrated. And, and, and the, even on a very, very basic level, what does a person do in Avera? If a person knew the bigger picture of life and was conscious of the bigger picture, of course a person would never do anything wrong. Why does a person any, do, do anything wrong? So again, it could be because they don't know any better, but we're talking about someone that knows. It's only because they're, only, they're losing sight of the bigger picture and they're completely focused on tunnel dish. Like you know that after this activity, you're, gonna, you, you're not going to be happy with yourself. So why are you doing it? Because all I know is right now. So the whole, the whole nature of Yetzara is in the world of Pratim. But the more a person can be inclined in a general sense in life to be klal-oriented, then the less, the, less they're, uh, the less they're enmeshed in that place of prat for the Yetzirah to even to have a, a stronghold. Not only is that an escape from the domain of the Yetzirah, as we'll see, that, that gives you an advantage. It gives you higher ground. That from that place, I can then involve myself in details, but I have one foot out. And that gives me a certain strength. Take a look at Marmok number two. Also from Rav Kook in Oras Hakodesh, page Nun Beis, Hashayrish Harichani Hachazak, the spiritual, strong, the, the strong spiritual root, like the Klal, the Malchus, the, the, the big picture where all details are coming from, Hamoli Ranonos Shalchayim Umetzias, which is full of the vigor of life and reality. It's in that Klal, right? The Klal, that's where that's where Nisham is cultivated. Who Shalech Mimenu Anafim VeAnfei Anaf Mlein Tachlis. From there. That's where Pratim should be emanating from. Like I was talking about on Shabbos morning, right? You could have all the Yudgal Midas Rachamim and all the Yudgal Midas of the Torah being Nidrashis Behem, but it has to be flowing from, Yud, from Hashem Hashem. And the more it's flowing from Hashem Hashem, the more you won't make bad Kavachimers, like Shalom Melech, right? That's what we were talking about. Ula Pa'amim, and sometimes, says Rav Kok, Kishan Hashama Ayefa, Meribu Yhanofim, when the Neshama is exhausted from getting from too much involvement in the branches, right? <laughs> that it has no choice but to take a breather and to rejuvenate itself by returning to the root, right? <laughs> and its strength will become renewed. <laughs> and guess what happens? When you return to the Klal, when you connect to Hashem Hashem, then what? Not only are you now uh, taking a break from the details, returning to the bigger picture of your life, on a very simple level, that's what a vacation is supposed to be, right? Why does a person go on vacation? Right? The problem is you go on vacation, and you start, then you're dealing with the details of the vacation, right? So, uh, it's a Rachmanis. But the whole idea of going on a vacation is to be able to take a step back from the Pratim to rejuvenate yourself by returning to the root of who you are. That, that's really what it is. Why is the root of who you are in Miami? It's good cash. That's, you know, that, that's, uh, <laughs> but that's the idea of a vacation, to return to your roots, right? And then when you, when you return to your root, you're reinvigorated. And now when you go back to the world of Pratim, the, now the Pratim, you, you could actually not just handle them, but they could actually blossom and you could actually be, be better at the details because you have been reconnected to the root. You have to remember, like, sometimes it's important when you have an organization or you have a business or, or just I'm in life. Like to remind yourself of the mission statement, right? Because sometimes when a person's get you get so caught up in building the infrastructure, and you forget, like, why am I building? Like, what's the infrastructure for? Like, uh, you know, like this whole talk. What's the meaning? What's the Hashem Hashem? That's the root of all these of all these thirteen principles. Like, so you have to remind yourself of that, and then the thirteen principles will become even starker. 
So he says, after taking time in the root, then you return. And you could interact and, and be involved in the branches in a, in a new way. And the branches, well then you could grow more branches and they could blossom with, with flowers and fruit. Which before, without returning to the root for a little bit, you didn't have the kaychas, forget to deal with the branches, for certainly not to cultivate them to produce uh, flowers and fruits. Uh, you were getting lost in it. And this is the idea. And this is the idea why connecting oneself to Pnei Misa is the foundation, is the root that actually is mechazek your involvement in Abai and Rava. In other words, he's referring to this idea that you have Nigla and you have Nister. And very often, this is the classic, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a Bacharish type of Indian in Yeshiva to think about this. That if, I let, if I spend more time in Machshava and Pnimias, it's going to take away from my time in Gemara. I mean, yes, obviously, time-wise, you can only you only have so much time in the day. But but to think, you know, it's like a person planting a tree and says, you know, I don't want to deal with actually making sure the roots are healthy. My tachlis is the branches. Yes, the tachlis is the branches. That's what you want to produce. I understand. But the healthier the roots are, the more the branches will produce. So the the, the root in Torah is is pnimius. It's 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 Torah of Shimon. That's where it's all coming from. The stronger, the healthier the roots, then automatically the healthier the the and rav is going to be. It's like the, the famous uh, Masha, I think, Ruchai Velozhna maybe or something. Uh, there was one of the Maskilim, you know, that he was very, uh, this, you know, he, somehow he had a relationship with Ruchai or something, and he came to Ruchai one day with like a big kasha that he had in Diktuk, because that was like a big, you know, they were very into Diktuk, and so he comes to Ruchai with like a big kasha in Diktuk, and Ruchai was learning whatever he's doing, and he asked the question, Ruchai like, Mamish, like, uh, like, like, you know, just gives him a two word answer, and it's like, it blows his mind, right? So he says, I don't understand this. My whole, I'm a brilliant guy, he says. And I'm the whole life, I'm involved in the diktuk. And you don't learn diktuk, let's be honest. And so all of a sudden, you have the answer to him, like, how's it possible? So he said the famous Moshe, he said, let's say you go to the grocery store, right? And you go to the store and you see a guy in the store and he's buying apples. And it's 10 cents an apple, right? And he buys, he takes 10 apples, puts them in a plastic bag, right? And you're following him to the cashier. 10 cents an apples, 10 apples. He gives a dollar and he buys the 10 apples. I think to yourself, one second, those 10 apples, 10 cents, but there was a plastic bag. So you, evidently the bags are free. So you go and you start taking the whole roll off the thing and walking out of the store. And they tell you, you know, excuse me, what, what are you doing? He said, no, the, the bags are free because the guy paid a, no, a dollar for 10 apples and the bag is free. So obviously the bags are free. So you say, shaita. When you buy the apples, the bag comes free. <laughs> but if you want the bag, the bags are actually more, than the, more expensive than the apples. So the same thing over here. Diktuk is a gewaltige thing, but it's bags compared to the Pnimi Satar that Rechaim is involved in. Yeah, when you buy the apples, the bag comes free. But if you want to just buy bags, it's going to be more expensive. It's the same thing over here. Like, the more, the more Pnimi Satar the Yiddish guide is, then of course, we, we all know this. So then Shabbos is better, and Kashas is better, and, uh, and just everything, the, the branches of life blossom. That's just the way it is. The, the roots are healthier. That's the Mitzvahs. Not only is this true with terms of, of pulling back, even when it comes to figuring out what Yetzirah is to work on, there's also this approach, which is even within, even within Yetzirahs, there are certain Yetzirahs which are more the Pratim, and certain Yetzirahs which are more like the Klal, the root that all these problems, that many of my problems come from. And that's also a strategy to be able to not get caught up in the, in the, in the, in the branches, but get to the root. 
Marmaka number three. This is from Lukut Maran. And this is the piece in Lukut Maran, where he introduces the idea that I'm sure we've all heard of, of Tik and Kloli. Right? The Rabbi Nachman came up with it to be Mesak in uh, the Nyanim of Shemir Sebris. He was Megala 10 Kapitach Tilm. He said he's 10 Kapitach Tilm. It's a big Tikkun for those things. But the backdrop of, of the idea of Tikkun Kloli, he says like this Ulusakin Kolaveris Prati. So the person wants to fix all their Averis, right? Hey, Rabbim Oid, it's a lot. The Kavit them, and it's very heavy, such a burden. So you're going to Mamish get involved with it. Mamish going down to Yetzaraville, like Mamish Pratim, and that's where you're going to fix things. Hini the principle that a person has to have is You fix the cloud. Don't focus your attention on the on the pratim of how the yitzara, how it's expressing now and now. Pull back. Try to figure out where this is all coming from, and and try to fix that on some level. The details will then take care of themselves. Are you going to tell me? You can ask me. Uh, that, that seems to be a harder job, or like I got so much bigger, like the, 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 like the branches seem to be much more uh, damaging than the root. Yeah, but the answer is, but the root is where it's coming from. So maybe maybe this guy, you know, maybe this guy's life is falling apart from all the branches in his life, and maybe the root is because he's lazy. And so he's thinking to himself, I have laziness, it's true, I have that mida, but then I got all these problems in my life. And those problems are much more serious than laziness. Yeah, but maybe the laziness that you have is the root of all these problems. So get to the root. Fix the root. Be masak in the klal. And in that place of the klal, the yetzar is not as strong over there. It's, 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 it's obviously the, the root of the problem, but it's, it's not as, it's not as, you're not as entangled in that place. It's not, it's not enemy territory as strong. So there's, a, there's an Indian of, of focusing on the klal. Tzarech Leila, so he says... Um, uh, so, nevertheless, even though it seems to be bigger and an avoider that's only like when I take care of everything else, then I'll uh, get to that. He says, no. Right away you go to the bigger madriga. This is true when it comes to the Sahara. This is, this is a, a, a big klal. A big klal. And Marmokin Raforgan, which is going to go through this quick because it's already getting late, but it's a similar idea. This is from a sefer from Phil Paracher, who was a Talmud from the Baltani, it's a Machzadik baker. And he says like this He says, In earlier generations, when there was a less uh, heavy dosage of Malchus in terms of the Neshama, the Avaida was deal with the branches. That was the, that was the Avaida. Overcoming the Midas, facing the enemy head on in his territory, that was, that was the way it was. Ach but by the Balshem and the Balatanya, it was Neschadish in Chadash. It's a new Mahalach, a new approach, which is taking Kloli. This Indian of 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 Klal, of Malchus, of 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 reinvigorating the roots, and the branches will take care of themselves. Hainu to connect yourself to God Himself. and the other Inyana will take care of itself. So he says, and even though uh, the guy is having, you know, he knows all of his dinyanim in the branches of his life, everything is messed up. And you're telling me, Balatani, that I should like, uh, I should have dveikus uh, and espilus, and I should allow myself to have a good davening and to and to sing nigunim and to allow myself to learn deep dinyanim, even though I know the rest of my life is messed up. So it feels counterintuitive. But says he says, it's a big, uh, high madrega, and it sounds like, it feels like a little bit like you're faking yourself. Nitzrchul and neshamas shefeilas daika. Davka, those neshamas that are connected to the midah of Malchus, which is the last, the lowest of the midahs, 
Those are the ones that need this approach the most because that's what Malchus really is. They're not capable. We're not, that's not our Indian of dealing with the branches so much. The branches are very, very difficult. But we're more inclined, again, those in Shamas are more inclined to, to, to fight from higher ground. Right? And when a person, that's a Malchistic person, even contemplates the, 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 the approach, the, the other approach of dealing with the branches, the person just gets depressed right away because feels overwhelmed by it. Like Rav Cook said, right? Those neshamas that are more claw uh, inclined, they feel a pressure and a discomfort by being involved in Pratim. Alkin Hoyatsas Admor, therefore the Eitzah of the Baltanya was to busy yourself primarily with connecting yourself with the essence of godliness, with a real deep attachment. And all the branches will be removed on their own. That's the fundamental approach of Chasidus Bukhlal and, and Chabad and Sefer Tanya Befrat. That's what Chasidus, that's what the Valshantas are in, you know, that's the Inamal. That's why, by the way, it's not a coincidence that Chasidus reintroduced the world to Malchus, right? Uh, one of the big things that, that the Misnagdim had like a really hard time, even the Chasidim had a hard time with, which is like the idea of a Rebbe. Not just a Tzaddik, okay, a Tzaddik we've always had, but that he's like the Melech, right? This Indian, like, uh, like a royalty, right? So, like, okay, I, it's, I understand that you want to honor Tzaddikim, but what does that have to do with the bigger picture of Chasidus? Well, the answer is, Chasidus is about reorienting the Jewish people and making us more comfortable with serving Hashem in that way of Malchus. So of course the tzaddikim of, of that movement are going to be Malchus-oriented. That's just the nature. That, that's what Chasidus is about. So of course they're going to be uh, bringing back Malchus. The Neshama Kolos. Huh? The Neshama exactly. And so that's the idea. The more you connect to that tzaddik, the more also, and this is also related to the idea, again, this is a whole discussion by itself, but the idea of connecting oneself to a tzaddik is that the tzaddik is, in a certain sense, within, within people, so the masses are like the branches, and the tzaddik is like the root. So the idea, why, that's also why in Chassidus there's such a, a, a focus on connecting oneself to a tzaddik, because the tzaddik is sort of, you know, uh, relative to you, is like returning to that place of claw. And so by connecting to the tzaddik, it, it, within yourself, you're, uh, you're giving yourself more of the capability of finding that place of root, that place of claw. It's all revolving on this side. It's all, it's all coming from this idea, which is allow, you know, putting me this hamalchus as the, the, the focal point and to sort of allow, again, this midah of patience and, 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 and large perspective from, and from that place to allow uh, pneumis to be cultivated. So there is one church, but that church, that's the difference. It's not one person, as you know, amongst five million people, he's in charge. He's the root. He's the root. From him, that everything is unified in that person. That's what a malach is. Right, there's a certain pashtas in there. That's also why Rabbi Nachman and so on, part of Tikkun Klali is, is, is pashtas. The pashtas is not simple in terms of like, okay, complicated things being moved to the side. This is where all the complications are coming from. That's the, it's, it's, it's a very fundamental principle. This is why, again, Pneum Satara also, the nature of Pneum Satara is, is to see prat. it gets involved in details, but the Pratim are coming from a much bigger place. The sugya that Pneum Satara is dealing with is God. That's the sugya. And from that sugya, okay, now we figure out how to live. But it, it, the sugya is Hashem Hashem, and the Yom is Rachim, and uh, it comes from there. Is it, 
is it fair to use the terminology of katlus with prophet? Yes, exactly, exactly. Godless is going to be by its very nature more klal, and kadness is pratam, 100%. That's, uh, it's, in the Sarak Daishan by the Mukubal, it's like synonymous. Kadness equals prat, and godless equals klal. It's the same meaning. It's the same meaning. Now, just to end off, this happens to be, it's just a, a beautiful piece. This is from a Sefer Kesem Oifir. It's a, from the Kamarna's peers, the Kamarna Rebbe, his peers, and Megil Sester. So it's just, it, it's, it ties up what we've been talking about, and he, and he fits it into the story. So we know that. Um, very quickly, when Esther Malka, again, I mentioned before, so Mordechai tells Esther, you have to go into Achashverosh, right? So Esther Malka says, uh, I can't do that. I haven't been invited to the king, right, uh, for 30 days, and he can't, he can't just go in. And so Mordechai says, I don't know what to tell you, we, you know, <laughs> we have to do something. And so Esther says, fine, gather all the Yidden, they should fast for me for three days, and I'll go in. That's the, that's the story. So he says like this, he just... You know, he introduces us to what was really going on. These were not simple people, Mordechai and Esther. These are not simple people. He says like this, Kiyidua. It's known, Umafursim, it's well known. It's uh, that what? All the great wonders and miracles, right? Pile plays, uh, the Paladik, uh, all the, all the Hasidic stories. All the Maisim that Baal Shem Tev did, all Tzadikim, right? How, how they do that stuff? Like, what's the trick? So he says, It was all through very sophisticated divine names and yichudim and uh, spiritual inyanim. Shetikin hapagam shelzeh A guy comes to the Baal Shem. I have a problem with Parnassah. But Parnassah is not working out. And the Baal Shem tev makes a moifis and the next day a wagon load of gold just shows up at the guy's door. Ah, whatever. You know, whatever the mice is, right? So how does that work? So what happens is the Baal Shem tev sees this guy. The guy comes to the Baal Shem tev sees, okay, well, why, why doesn't he have Parnassah? There's some sort of, everything comes, from, everything comes from the higher world. There's some sort of blockage. There's something stopping Parnassah to come to this guy's life. Why? So, Averis that the guy did. Pagamim, who knows? This life, previous lives, who knows? There's some sort of problem. So what the Baal Shantav does, it's Tzadikim, is that they're able to get to the root of the, the issue, and they're misakin it. Right? Whatever the bran- there's, some, there's some issue with the branches of this guy's life. And so the Baal Shantav somehow, however Tzadikim do this, they fix it, without the guy realizing what's happening in, the, in his kishkes. The Baal Shantav fixes it. All of a sudden the Shafa comes. Yichudim, the Baal Shem Tov, whatever the magic, whatever, however he does such a thing. Okay, Shenitzkan Zehapagam. I'm sorry, Shetikin Abagam Shazehachayte. So the Baal Shem Tov somehow fixes the damage that was done by the sin of this person. Shasalamal B'Shechina, whatever damage this person did to the higher world because of his uh, shortcomings. Ushkeniskan Zehapagam. And when this uh, damage is fixed, him Shech Rufu V'chaim. So automatically, Rufu and life, everything comes to this person back. Okay. And it looks like the Baal Shem did a Maif. It's not a Maif. I mean, it's not a Maif. There's a system to it. He fixed the problem in the Neshama. And in Mela, things, things come. But he says like this, But he said in order to do that, and the Kamarna, you know, he's speaking from experience, in order to do this, he says, you need a certain Shemira. Sometimes, sometimes the damage is too great, or sometimes the prosecution against this person is too strong. It's not always, you don't always have the ability to, to go in and do that surgery and to fix it. It's not an Yisratzen. More than that, he goes on to explain, I cut out some of the stuff, but he goes on to explain that if it, when it's not a right time, if the tzaddik tries to push it, it could actually be incredibly more damaging. If a person's not strong enough for that surgery, it's not, uh, it could be even more damaging than anything else, and, and the tzaddik himself could be damaged. There are stories like this 
from the Baal Shem, for example, that he said about himself that he put in a lot of effort to fix the neshama of Shavtsei Tzvi, Yimach Shemay. And he, the Baal Shem said that because of his efforts, he almost lost uh, his, uh, he lost him, uh, he, he was almost destroyed from it. So there is such a thing that a person has to find, well, it's, again, it's not for us, but, but it's a nikim. They have to find an Ace Rotson. That's be the right time. That's where you'll find some stories that the guy goes to the tzaddik and the tzaddik says, there's nothing I can do, right? What do you mean? The guy before me had the same problem and all of a sudden you, you turn the guy's life upside down. Oh, me, you can't have no Eitzah. Well, I'm a bigger Russian than the other guy. I don't know. There's an Ace Rotson. There's certain, it's a, it's a, can, can tell that the, right now I can't, there's nothing I can do right now. There's, it doesn't, I, I, don't, I don't find myself being able to be successful in those, in those branches. I, I can't do it. And this is the conversation that's taking place between Mordechai and Esther. Again, Mordechai tells Esther and Malka, go into the king. Understand, the king is not Sanchez Nachashverish. Yes, Esther and Malka is physically walking into the chamber, but we understand we're talking about Nevim over here. They were, these are not simple people. Mordechai was telling Esther and Malka, Lelech bi'chudim b'shem l'sakin ha'pagam. Go and fix the pagam that's, that is clearly going on in Ishmael Sisrol that's allowing Haman to come to the world. And again, they, Esther and Mordechai saw themselves as the tzaddikim and the tzaddikas of the generation, and they're trying to fix these inyanim. So they're going through the physical motions, but they're, they're working on a different level as well. And again, I, I cut out a lot of stuff over here, but he goes on to explain in the psukim how you see this and different shemes akdashim that are hinted to in the Megillah, the kavanis that Esther and Malka was being told by Mordechai to do. Shiva. But what does Esther Malka say? She hasn't been invited to the king in 30 days. In other words, she become godelhut. This is a big problem. Whatever, the, whatever damage was in the neshama that was allowing Haman to come, it's a big problem. And it's very easily not to not be successful that I would, I, I'm going to be destroyed from such a thing to put in such an effort. I can't. And sometimes mamish death itself could come to the tzaddik or the tzaddikas if they're, invo- if they're involving themselves in tikkunim at a time where it's not an ace ratzim. And guess what? Mordechai agrees. Maskim. You know what? You're right. The eitzes the that I'm giving you right now with the shame and so on, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not an eitzah. Shein ha'es goyrim. It's not the right time now. Lahal is bi'chudim hamshachis to fix things in this way of yichudim of shame It's not working. The, the branches are too, in, it's, it's, not, it's not a right time. So, so now what? But Ton Mordechai, but Mordechai then says to Esther, Afalpi, even though you're right, Sheyav Shalasak and Adei Yechudim, you're right, the eights that, that I, we were thinking until now is not going to work. We can't, we can't just sit back and do nothing. We have to figure out a different strategy, how to get, how to fix the problem. You've got to figure some eights out in order to fix this issue. If the normal approach of just fixing the, the problem itself is not a solution right now. So what does Esther come up with? Leich says kol Gather all the yidin together. Gather all the yidin together. I will put on the meat of Malchus, and with that I'll approach the king. What does that mean? Nasne eitzah nechayna. So Esther Malka now introduces us to a new eitzah, which is similar to what we're talking about. Sheyesh ayedei leiv ayin v'nishbar u'bitol v'ovah b'enei atzmai. There is such a midah where you get, where the Jewish people, where a person gets to the very root of who they are. And now the commander introduces us. You want to get to the klal? What's a very strong way to return to that place of klal? Interestingly enough, by absolute humility, by absolute hisbatlas, by humility, by seeing yourself as nothing, that's a doorway into that place of shirish. Because the branches, that's the place of something, right? The root, that's the place of nothing, right? Now when I say nothing, when I say the word ayin can mean either like mamish, nothing, like 
there's nothing here, or ayin in terms of the, the primordial nothingness, you know what I'm saying, the, the nothingness that everything comes from. Like a, a little baby comp- is, is ayin compared to the adult that, the person, that this baby will, Bez Hashem, grow into. But everything that the adult is is rooted in that, in that nothingness of childhood, in that place of ayin. Mi ayin yavay ezri. So the Kamaran is revealing to us, and Esther Malk is revealing the secret. If the place of Shirish, vis-a-vis the place of details, is nothing, is the place of ayin, then a, a, then a doorway into that place is to feel yourself as ayin. If you feel yourself as nothing and just complete his botless and bittel and, and a sense of humbleness towards the world around you, towards other yidin, then, then that's cool. you're cultivating within yourself a bechina, place of ayin. And ayin is shayrish. That's where shayrish. Everything this world is yesh me ayin. This world is something from nothing. What does it mean nothing? Nothing doesn't mean nothing. Nothing means a, 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 the root that all something comes from. We call that ayin because we don't have... Because it doesn't, we don't, we can't discern any reality there. So it's nothing. But the way to connect to that ultimate place of of ayin, of 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 primordial nothingness, is by feeling nothing within yourself. And the more humble a person is, the more automatically you're klal oriented. And he says like this: When a person has that mida of a lev nishba of a broken heart and so on, you could open up all gates of compassion without any obstacles. When you're trying to open up every gate, then you have to have those specific keys. But if you, but but the, like he, he he quotes the famous marshal from the Sutra But there is an eighth of what of just taking a sledgehammer and just breaking through all the doors. And the sledgehammer is what it means to return to a place of ayin before there's before there's locks, right? It's like, before, it's like you're getting to a place before there's even a lock. And that place of ayin is opened up when a person feels ayin within themselves. And he says, uh, <laughs> Ganif doesn't need a key. <laughs> he breaks open the doors. He picks the locks. That's the way it is. <laughs> and that's what Esther Malk is telling Mordechai. There's no Eitzah right now. Uh, we don't have the keys. We don't have the keys to these doors. But what's the Eitzah? We have to connect to a time and to a place that's above the locks. And the way to do that in the, in the most strongest way is for Yidin to feel a sense of humility and humbleness and a sense of ayin. And that comes with achtas, right? If I'm something and you're something, we don't get along. The fact that Yidin could get together, Leich Knesset Kol Yudah, means that what he's telling Mordechai is we need to reinvigorate and we need to bring up in the Jewish consciousness this sense of a lev nishba, of a broken heart, a sense of humility. And with that, there'll be achtas. And when there's that sense of humility and nothingness, then all of a sudden the, 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 the level, the, the ayin that is the root of all things is also activated. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves by the root, and by the root we can reboot the whole system, and the minyas will automatically go away. By feeling ayin down here, we're then activating the, 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 the supernal, the primordial ayin that all things and problems come from. All gates of compassion are then open. And that's exactly what, what, uh, what Mordechai uh, was told by Esther Malka. And that's what Purim is. That, that's Mamash Purim. So Purim is a day of like, everyone knows, right? Whatever you put out, whatever you ask for the Rabbanu Shalom, Rabbanu Shalom will give you. How does that work? Stam, free gifts. You know, Wednesday, no. Thursday, yes. What's Pshat? Pshat is because the Avoid of Purim is what? Is absolute ayin and leiv nishba, v'nidke, shalachman, 
Adla, Yada, there's no Das, there's no Me, everyone is. Alev Nishma Vinika. You have that place. That's called Ayin. That's Lech Knesset is called Yehudim. You get to the place of Ayin. Everything is, uh, there's no menorah, there's no locks, there's no doors, everything is open. It's, uh, you, you, just, you just jumped over Haman. You just mamish jumped over the whole thing. After all this uh, involvement, all the limud of Ve'er Vrav, to Takasi, the end of Golas uh, on all levels, Berfat of Echlal, the Vyaskal Tzadik, Mihar Vimeinu, Amen.